Hello everyone, Mark the Canardian here, and this is the last episode of Friend Force 99. I want to thank uh, Charlie and Kay, my co-hosts here, and especially I want to thank all of the Secret Friends Unite patrons for making this show possible. And uh, it was a fun experiment that we uh, we we did this in a, a different kind of way. We recorded it in a different way, and uh, and I think it's it's been fun. So hopefully we'll do this uh, for more stuff going forward that we can't cover on the regular episodes of Holocron Chronicles. Uh, without any further ado, we are going to be wrapping up the last two episodes of the Bad Batch Season 2. So, Kay, take it away. Bad Batch Episode 15, The Summit. Of course, Saw Gerrera screws everything up again. Forget Jar Jar Banks. This dude ruins everything. At least Banks doesn't walk around with so much self-righteousness that it practically has its own gravitational pull. Admittedly, I've always disliked Saw Gerrera. I honestly don't think you're really supposed to like him as the audience, but now I absolutely loathe him. I will never forgive him for causing Tech, my personal favorite of the batch, to have to sacrifice himself for the rest of the team. Talk about a double whammy. Whew, the emotional weight of this. Not only do I have to watch Tech come to the realization that he's going to have to sacrifice himself, but the fact that they named it Plan 99 after Clone 99, who sacrificed himself to save Kamino during the Separatist attack during the Clone Wars series. Oh, like, why can they make it sad when you can make it absolutely heart wrenching? Because, you know, I definitely needed to be reminded of Clone 99 and all of the wonderful things he did for the original clone crew. Definitely, definitely need to, didn't need to be thinking about his death on top of Tech's death. No, I'm fine. Everybody's fine. I'll admit that a small part of me does hope that Tech somehow made it out all right, but given that the show pushes itself beyond the TVY7 uh, rating to a PG rating, I can't expect Kid Gloves to be kept on, so it wouldn't surprise me if he doesn't come back. I should have known that the batch was not safe, especially given the themes of loss and change that have been so strongly underpinning this season. Echo's growing relationship with Tech after Echo left, and his budding romantic relationship with Fee made him a perfect target for that emotional one-two punch that comes with losing a core member. Highs, the pacing, the writing, the cinematography of this episode was just fantastic. As much as I want to hate it because they took tech from me, it just was a solid episode overall, and I can't really point to a specific thing that made it great. The lows, tech's death, obviously. Although it's more of an emotional low than a writing or performance low. Like, I get it. It was good story-wise. It was a great move. I can't even say that it was frivolous or unnecessary as much as I wish it, I could, so I'm just going to go cry a bit in the corner, and I'll be back later. Thank you, Kate. Charlie, what did you think of episode 15? All right, episode 15 is The Summit. This is the beginning of the two-part finale. I was kind of surprised. I found out the day before this was airing that it was going to be a two-parter. And my my cohorts here on the program also didn't know that because I had let them know. Um, but it was it was a nice one-two punch, two, two 20, 22-minute episodes, basically 45 minutes of programming. Awesome. But we kicked it off with the summit, episode 15, the big heist and the big rescue you know they find out because in the last episode crosshair was able to broadcast out uh 
clone code, I believe it was 88, which because it filtered through the network, it reached our guys and we realized they realized that he was in duress and needed to be rescued. So they're going to do it. They're brothers, even though they've been through absolutely everything with betrayal. Um, they know that Crosshair is their brother and they've got to they've got to save him. And I just I, I absolutely admire that. Great character moments again. Wanda Sykes as uh, Fee. Uh, and she she loves tech. Uh, and she's flirting with him and he is just, he is out to lunch, baby. He doesn't have a damn clue. Um, and I absolutely love it. See you around brown eyes. Well, you know, again, buddy cop moments. You're not going to see those brown eyes again. Cause he's, uh, adios muchachos. The music was great. My God, it, it, it built on what was happening. It pushed us in the next uh, direction as far as growing suspense. I absolutely uh, thought the music was very pivotal in this. They did an amazing job. Favorite scenes, I love that that first pass of the tram uh, when they land uh, on the planet where they have tracked um, the signal to was like, yeah, I just, I know this tram is going to come into this and it's going to be, it's going to be a, a bad, bad scenario. Um, I was a moron and didn't even catch that in the conference scene with Tarkin, um, that Krennic was there. He tossed it over to Krennic, referred to him as Commander Krennic, which makes sense. This is a way, you know, this is 10, 15 years before Rogue One, so clearly Krennic is a younger man, even though he still has gray hair. Like myself, I was gray by the time I was 30 or 35, so I totally get it. Um, I was either looking away at the wrong moment or just wasn't paying attention because when you have ADD, that's kind of a way of life. Um, so I was probably working on some other project because I know I was in a hotel room last week when I was watching this and was probably working and trying to absorb all this or take notes or whatever it is. Um, but toss is in about uh, stardust. Um, so yeah, right over my head. Cannot even believe I missed that. So as I mentioned with the last episode uh, in the growing rebellion, we get saw Guerrera back, or as I call them saw G in the funky bunch, which is a nineties reference, which might be missed by K and maybe even Mark. I have no idea, uh, <laughs> but no two tubes. Boo. I guess you really couldn't get him um, in the disguise because they're disguised in stormy armor. So that would not work out. I do love uh, Saw's version of the classic uh, Spock from Star Trek II's The Needs of the Many speech, but his needs of the many is, I'm going to blow up this facility, sorry about your friend, but I'm way more interested in dead imps. Um, wow. Man, oh man. So this is going to take us right into part two. But before we get to part two, I am going to share my thoughts on this episode. Uh, we've been saying all season that we were probably going to see some of the Bad Batch over the next season or two uh, not quite make it through because we haven't seen any of the Bad Batch in, in anything prior. We were kind of hoping or I was kind of hoping that we'd see Omega during the Book of Boba Fett and, uh, you know, maybe there'd be one or two of the clones still with her given the dangers that they take on a regular basis given their accelerated growth and aging and just, you know, clones don't really seem to last too much past uh, past what we've seen. So even expecting that, uh, as, as Kay said, you know, it, it, it's tough to watch Echo go, especially where they've been spending so much time. And in hindsight, I guess you can see why they were spending so much time with him and and you know showing the lessons that he was leaving for omega through this uh so now looking back at this full season you can see tech's 
lasting imprint and the, the, the lessons that he imparted and had to impart before, uh, before his, his demise. So, um, looking back at the season, knowing everything, you can see kind of you know, the relationships that he was building. You can see, uh, the, again, the, those lessons and the, the things like you can beat a machine in that, that, uh, not quite pod racing, pod racing episode. Uh, you can see the, I think differently while they were trapped in the caves and, and all that kind of stuff. And, um, and there were points through this season where you were frustrated at tech, but for the most part, you know, you were, you still kind of loved him for what he was and, and his acceptance of himself and the rest of his team. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was so tough watching this. And I had a few people ask, uh, after this episode aired, like, you know, I talked to a few people and say, why was it Saw Guerrero? Why he just kind of seems like they throw him into places where he needs to be. And I, I think, for me, Saw is that character that it's okay to hate. Like like Kay said, she's she's never really liked the character. And I think that's kind of given, you know, that that's that's why the character exists. It's it's okay to dislike the character. It's it's how they've they've kind of created and written this character. And it's it's kind of a low stakes cameo. You know, if you had someone else uh, more high stakes, high value. Uh, there's there's so much stuff that you have to worry about. Of were they in this part of the galaxy? Does it matter? Does it tie into existing canon? Is there stuff? If, you know, if Han Solo showed up or Lando or someone like that, it, you start kind of picking it apart. But where Saw is just kind of like meant to be thrown in there. He's meant to mess things up. He's meant to be that extremist. That um, that kind of reason why maybe the rebellion took a little while or it, it almost didn't work is because you have even within the rebels these broken factions of rebels and these these extremists so seeing saw was was su- super frustrating and you kind of hate him more because he led to tech's death and his stubbornness and just extremism led led to everything going south uh, and I, I think that's kind of his character. That's, that's what he's meant to be. That's, that's the, the crux of it. So it'll be interesting to see him. I think it looks like he's going to be showing up in more in season two of Andor. And I wonder if it's going to be the same kind of thing, you know, is, is he going to be causing more mayhem and causing more heartache and trouble for, for, uh, the, the early seeds again of the, of the rebellion not just the clones, but, but for everyone else. So, uh, I, I hated to see tech die. I hated to see tech go. I, I'd love to see him come back in a way, but I also think, I think that they're really swinging with this and I I don't think we will. I think, you know, the, I think that's it. I think he made the sacrifice. He knew he was making the sacrifice. And I think you're saying, Oh, Hey, he fell in a, swamp or something um and he, he's fine he broke a couple of bones um the, the only real way i could see them getting him back effectively is maybe to bucky it and have him come back but he's rechipped, brainwashed something and uh 
you know, they have to kind of winter soldier their way through it. Um, so we'll, we'll see, but this, this was an emotional gut punch of an episode and, uh, and I expected that this season, I knew it and it did not make it any easier. Bad Batch, episode 16, plan 99. So crying still isn't done as we're going into episode 16. The episode starts with a tone that is much needed for the viewers, even if they've had a week to adjust to the idea of text death. The team is very still clearly in mourning and it's uncertain with, or they're uncertain with what to do with themselves. Hunter gives into the idea of taking up a permanent residence in Pabu and he finally kind of voices it. And it seems like they've given up on any other idea to try to get Crosshair back. And it seems like Hunter's more interested in protecting and saving the squad that's in front of him after losing tech than he is in potentially gaining new members or saving members that are already lost. But then, of course, Sid has to screw it up because it's freaking Sid. As soon as she started talking to Wrecker, I knew something was up. Not that her betrayal was surprising. I mean, it had been past plastered across the season with big laser light show and somehow though it still didn't do much to quelch the rage that I felt for her when she did it. Yes, these are two emotional episodes and it had me yelling at the TV a lot. I know that I get emotional with cartoons. I've accepted that and no, it's not going to be something that I work on. I did get a bit of satisfaction, though, finding out that my hunch about Emery Carr was right. She's a clone. It does explain her sympathies towards Crosshair as she was working with him or working on him. I'm not really sure how to phrase that. But again, it raises a lot of questions as to what her purpose was in her creation and where her true loyalties lie, because she's definitely been showing some sympathies towards the clones more so than you've seen with other doctors and members of Hemlock's crew. Overall, as far as like the season goes, I both loved and hated it, especially the finale. As far as emotional weight, it did a fantastic job creating narratives that really pulled on the audience's heartstrings and got us even more deeply invested into these characters that we already loved. It brought in our empathy for not just the Bad Batch, but for the clones overall. After they executed Order 66, the clones tended to kind of get painted with a brush, a broad brush of violence, or at least tolerance towards violent acts and maybe a bit of apathy. This season put a or put a lot of heavy work into showing how much the clones were victims of the Empire just like so many others were. So high notes were the reunion of Crosshair and Omega, um, as bittersweet as the horrible circumstances were that they were under when they were reunited, and there definitely wasn't enough that I got out of that reunion. Um, low points. This was by far, quite possibly, the worst cliffhanger they could give us. I am truly, truly hoping that Dave Filoni knows something that we don't, because if he did this without a guarantee of a third season, he is a very, very cruel person. Like, low point, they just didn't give me enough this season, and I'm really, really, really hoping that we get season three announced soon and that we get it to watch even sooner. Yeah, I can't help but agree with that. Uh, we need season three. I hope it's confirmed. Charlie, what do you think? What did I think overall? No! No! Okay, it was well-paced and it was executed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give them that. Um, in this, we see the ultimate sacrifice of tech. That is Plan 99. Plan 99 is the sacrifice play. He does give up his own life. Uh, 
you know, reportedly in in a recent episode of Star Trek Picard, we see a heritage character sacrifice their life, but we do not see a body. So no body, no death. Don't know. I hope it's a death the same way I hope. And I've said it time and again that we don't get a a second season of Obi-Wan Kenobi because I think you're kind of playing with fire Uh, in that show. They the things that they did well would stand well enough on their own. And I kind of feel the same way about about the death of tech here. Let it stand. Let it be poignant. Let it be something that drives the other characters. So don't take away from this very emotional accomplishment of the show. Um, I do love Hunter's uh, Let's Settle Down speech. Um, to uh, to Omega after they do finally escape. The galaxy has changed, and so have we. We have to put being soldiers behind us. Again, it's kind of a setup because as we see this episode uh, goes, you know, they're not going to give up the life. Again, it's a Jack Bauer moment. Jack Bauer in that show that I love so much was always trying to put things behind him. I'm going to settle down again. I'm going to have a normal life. And it's one of those, once I get out, they pull me back in, and, and that's what's going to happen here. Um, uh, Omega's deep seated heartbreak is, is, is a watershed event for the character. And it's a watershed event for this phase of star Wars, uh, storytelling, in my opinion. Um, it's the least clone like thing. It's the least kitty programming kind of deal. It, it's very raw. You know, she has lost, you know, they lost crosshair when crosshair betrayed them. She lost echo when he went off to be with Rex and now she's lost tech ostensibly for good in death. Uh, so it's, um, it's very real life. And you know, is it too much for a kid's program? I don't know. I don't think so. It's very real. I think entertainment, um, owes us, you know, the, the courtesy of being real. Um, so I'm absolutely okay with it, but yeah, I, I love his dad moment. Uh, Hunter's dad moment in the speech with Mega, as I had mentioned. Um, and then the big reveal with nasty nurse lady, whose name I, I failed to write down, but I did look it up, but I failed to write it down. So, you know, that's that's the quality of entertainment I'm bringing to all of you on our Patreon here. Um, but to find out, to confirm the suspicion that evil nurse lady is sister to Omega, she is another clone. Um, female clones are from New Zealand uh, and male clones are from Australia in space. Wow, that is crazy. Uh, Favorite scenes, the open, black smoke and fire things burning up. It's no big deal. That's cool. Um, But yeah, Tech's amazing arc and sacrifice. I've already talked about that. Um, And Sid's betrayal. Ray Perlman, you know, what what, what would Norm and the gang from Cheers have to say about this? Unfortunately, it's telegraphed by a mile. We, we've we've kind of seen all throughout the season, and certainly throughout the character's introduction in season one, uh, that she's dirty, um, and she's really you know she is like the theme song to the early two thousands Fox show, The OC. She's looking out for number one, um, and that's really all she cares about. Um, and so when she has an opportunity to obviously make a couple of bucks and to get the heat off of her. She reaches out to the imps and lets them know where to find Omega because the bounty is probably hefty. Um, though usually with the empire, hefty bounty means they just shoot you in the back of the head. So I I'm drawing a blank. I don't think we saw that, but I get the feeling that it would be an ultimate conclusion because she becomes a liability and the empire just doesn't care about, uh, killing anybody. Um, God, Dr. Hemlock, his just stone cold speech that he's giving um, our team after he's got them uh, captured, uh, casually uh, producing and then tossing over text broken goggles. Here's all that I could savage. Consider it a gift. This guy's got it coming to him. And because, you know, it's a cartoon, we're not going to see him squeezed out in any way that is brutal. Um, 
but we do all have the benefit of our imagination. So, oh my gosh. All right. So wrapping up the season, uh, without a doubt, um, I would say that, uh, this is in a massive improvement over season one, season one kind of had me bored in a lot of spots. I know I talked about this on Holocron, uh, as we were chronicling the show live last year. Um, I felt like, you know, and maybe it was compounded with, um, the fact that Mando did a lot of, you know, here's a side quest, do it. You might, it might get you killed, but it might get you closer to what you're trying to accomplish. Blah, blah, blah. Where this was, you know, this was a more solid example of modern storytelling, arc based. Uh, we have plot threads. They're going to coalesce. We might have a side story here and there. They took a side story to Pabu and I think it really paid off. Um, I think that the, I, of all the of all the notes that they get hit, I think they hit these pretty solidly. So I was really impressed with everything that they did. Um, so that is my wrap up of the last four episodes of season two of uh, the Bad Batch. And uh, Patreons, thank you for listening. We love you. Bye bye. Thank you, Charlie. And yeah, again, I, I will reiterate, uh, patrons, thank you for making this show possible and uh, and for just making Secret Friends Unite better. Um, my thoughts, I mean, you guys summarized it pretty well, but I, I will say, I have to reiterate what Kay said. This is like the cliffhanger of all cliffhangers for me. This is, are you seriously leaving us on this note with all of these characters doing all these things like this is how like it has to be approved like they this isn't like uh let's just leave it there without season three being approved like season three was approved while they were writing this it had to be they they're they're not going to leave us on this kind of cliffhanger so um I just I just want season three to be here. I hate that we might have to wait a year, year and a half, two years, however long it takes them to animate this damn thing. I just want to see it. I want to see it happen. Um, I also, my frustrations, I want a Wookiee to tear a certain bar-owning Trandoshan limb from limb. Never trust a Trandoshan. Uh, the, you know, just, we saw it coming. And, and, and it's still, again, kind of, kind of like, like echo, um, or like, like tech, uh, dying. Uh, we, we kind of knew something was going to happen with someone and, and here we go. We were told this repeatedly and it doesn't make it any less frustrating, um, when, when it happens. So, uh, overall, I thought this season was incredible i thought uh the whole time i've, I've been saying I, I i thought it was really really important that all of the clones are passing on lessons for omega we are seeing her growth and we are seeing the legacy they passed down and, and star wars is about family it's about legacy it's about uh the the found family and uh you know trying to be better than than what came before uh yoda said it best one of my favorite quotes from all of star wars in um the last jedi is uh we are what they grow beyond and uh that to me that's what this season has been about and to leave us (laughs) with with omega and and seeing 
you know, right now everything's scattered, everything's, and you just kind of want them to have that, that happy ending of like sitting on an island with their, their feet up and, and enjoying being productive members of, of society in a way that's not war related. Um, man, I don't know how they're going to, they could go two ways with the next season. They could go, uh, here's episode one. It's going to be a prison break and we're, we're ready to go. Kind of like what they've been doing on Mandalorian when I thought this season was going to be a complete, like, you know, here's the whole quest to Mandalore. And that's the end of the, you know, that's the entire crux of the season. And instead they knocked that out in a couple of episodes. Like, yeah, here's Mandalore. Don't worry about it. You're you're bathed. You're redeemed. And and I don't I don't know where the rest of this season goes, but you know with with this, so they could they could do that with season three. They could have the entire season be here's our plan to rescue uh, Omega and Crosshair and kind of figure out what's going on there. Or it could be okay. Here's episode one. Omega's okay. Crosshair's okay we've got the band back together and here's the shenanigans that we're going to get into for, for several episodes. I, I don't know where they're going to go with it. You could write it either way. And I want to see it yesterday. I want to see it (laughs) immediately. And, uh, it's frustrating that we have to wait, but, uh, Holy crap. What a ride. Season two was in my opinion, so much better than season one you don't have to worry about establishing the characters you can just go with it and you can leave that lasting impression and uh, and have it mean something which again i'll reiterate uh i i hate that that tech is gone but i think it means something and to just kind of cheaply be like hey he's fine don't worry about it i think would diminish this season and the emotional punch that it had and the uh, the the realness behind it of of you know again we are what they grow beyond uh, and I think if any of the clones understand that it's it's going to be tech and his very pragmatic mind and his his way of thinking that yeah you know I'm I'm going to leave the best that I have with Omega she might not understand exactly how I think but I'm going to try to explain it. So she can grow beyond that and she can see how to grow beyond that. And and I think I think these last two episodes were very, very important to wrap up that thread and that storyline and that uh, really drive that message home. Um, and I, I really can't wait till we see season three. So once again, thank you on behalf of uh, Kay, Charlie, and myself. Uh, thank you for listening to Friend Force 99. This was a fun experiment. I hope we can do more as more Star Wars stuff comes out that we maybe can't cover on uh, on Holocron Chronicles. And uh, I hope you let us know if you dug this kind of format, if there's more stuff that you think that we can do, let us know. Join our Discord. Uh, send us uh, messages on, on Twitter or wherever else you can get us. But the best place to get all three of us would absolutely be the Secret Friends Unite Discord server. And, uh, of course, you can find that in the show notes, on our website, on all our social media platforms. You can find me at the underscore Canardian everywhere, Instagram, Twitter, uh, wherever. So if you want the link tree kind of link directly to uh, our Discord server, that is where to find it. Um, with all that said, with all that out of the way, thank you so much for listening. May the force be with you. We'll see you next time.